Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I'm delighted. I've been la-di-da-din. Not a lot of thoughts when I ponder from the top. Man, these boys, they be podding. I trust them like a lot. And they told me that I get it. Guess what? I got it. You should do it too. You will never lose. If you ever do, must have been a ruse. Ricky, that's my dude. Stoops are super cool. Sharks up in the pool. I've been sparking up my tools. I've been looking to win. Spend a little again. I've been for spittle to them. My God, I riddled again. I told them stop clowning around. They said what goes up comes down. I said I'm down with the sickness. My team stay ill now. Come get this. I'm just so dead with delight. I stay ready tonight. Deep dive, we rise. That's the medley, all right? The David delight. The David delight. Da 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 David delight. Hey. Welcome to another episode of the Debbie Delight brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network. I am your host, Ricky Valera. On today's episode, Stoops and I are going to tackle some guys that we like a little bit more than other people. They might not be talked about as much in some circles. Um, For me in particular this week, I I took a look at some guys that are ranked um, particularly lower on a lot of people's. Even some of these guys are on lower than on Stoops' list compared to mine. But those are the guys that I want to talk about this week. As always, I'm joined by my partner here, Stoops. How are you, bud? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We uh, we kind of talked to each other and said, "What what are we What are we going to talk about? Right? What do we talk about?" So, I kind of thought about it, and we opened it up to Twitter and got zero responses. But that's okay. <laughs> we love you. We love you still. Um, exactly. No, so it was just kind of like, what would be a fun little thing to talk about? And you know, we we'll, we always talk with each other. Man, did you see so and so? Like, and then it kind of clicked, and I was like, well, no one's really talking about them. So, figured it'd be cool, be fun. You know, pick a couple names that that in one way or another we think are being overlooked or or just not talked about enough right their, their name should be thrown out there a little bit more so just thought it'd be a little fun idea and excited to see you have because we didn't we didn't share it well i know one of your names because you just told me but yeah i was thinking about it last night and i was like man should we have uh, should we have shared names but we hadn't done it yet so why start now well thinking about the guys that you're talking about i i, I kind of figured i just looked at some guys that were lower on your rankings compared to mine and then i started looking at a few other sites where they have my guys ranked and I was like you know I've got all three of my guys in the top five of my rankings for each position we're going to tackle quarterback running back receiver so I was like all right a lot of these people are outside the top five some of which are in the 10 through 15 range and, and some have fluctuated up and down but that's kind of the key for me obviously today there's a lot of well, not a lot of football games. There's some <laughs> SEC, I think, is down to three games today, which is quite interesting because I think they had a total of four being postponed. There's 15 games this weekend that have been canceled um, due to uh, the coronavirus. So it's, it's interesting to see how it plays out. A lot of these teams, I saw that they're going to replay these games, I think, on December the 19th, the day of the SEC championship game, the ones that don't have any value to it. So basically when I look at the whole thing, it should be like Florida and Alabama, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's really what it's going to, well, I mean, I think A&M still in, you know, in the, I agree. I think they're still in the running for it, but Alabama, realistically, they're not going to lose. Yeah. Um, 
I don't see it could happen. It could happen, but we would Alabama would need to lose multiple games. So honestly, long term, for AM's sake, it's it's better if Alabama just wins out, right? AM needs to win out. They need to do their thing. So they're in the running for it, but they're not going to be in the SEC championship game unless something drastic happens, which I think for them is actually probably a better thing you know it'd be great to say hey we're the sec champs like i'd love that but i would rather be in the college football playoffs and i'm not saying that would happen either they still need some stuff to happen i mean they're ranked close enough it could but they still need some teams to lose and and it's you know it's a whole thing yeah but they would need they would need a florida loss a a georgia loss i mean they need to basically be a one loss team and their only loss be to the sec champion alabama you know what i mean and then they position themselves into it but um, right now, I mean, obviously, Florida has a one-game lead on Georgia, which I think that's going to come down to actually a two-game lead, technically, I guess, if you look at it, because now they have the be- they haven't beat on the head-to-head, mm-hmm. so they would have to basically, you know, Florida has to lose basically two games, and Georgia has to win out in order for the uh, Georgia to take over the uh, East Division. Um, for me, that's 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 interesting to see. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the best quarterback in 2021 played last week. Um, you know, or 2022, sorry, uh, last week we saw uh, Keaton Slavis come back and win his game, which was a fantastic comeback. Two touchdowns in the last minute 30. We talked early. He did look a little rusty coming out the gate. I was ready for you to be able to just ream me this week on it. And then, you know, he came out in the second half. And looked you fantastic. must have like forwarded him that text message or something. <laughs> and I'll be honest, I stopped watching because I was like, this game's over. Right, This game's over. Yeah. It, it, never do that, guys. <laughs> never do that wait until it's over um but yeah it was a phenomenal comeback i mean it's it's to be expected you know there's gonna be some rust it is what it is um he'll be just fine but yeah to to see that comeback it was not expected on my end I'll, I'll be completely honest it just had that feeling of like eh, it's over but that's why you love college they just they never give up it's so weird to me in college because you can be up like 45 points yeah. in the fourth quarter and you can still come back and win. I'll, I'll never understand because like the time that the the time stops so many times in the mm-hmm. fourth quarter and stuff, it, it's never made any sense to me. But first, we're going to transition into the guys that we think are overlooked, underlooked, overvalued, under undervalued, whatever you want to say. Maybe that's a podcast for next week. Overvalued guys. Hey. Um, look at that. Look at that idea in the middle of uh, thinking here. But uh, Stoops, I'll let you kick it off with your quarterback. Yeah, so the quarterback I'm going to touch base on, um, I've actually talked about him before, and I know he had some, some, I guess you could say hype um, behind him, but Dylan Gabriel, uh, quarterback out of UCF, he's definitely a guy that, that kind of came came on strong last year, and he's con- con- continuing it this year. He's not a big guy, and that's that's a concern that I do have long term, but he's six foot 186, so a little bit on the lighter side, and definitely height is a little bit shorter, but three-star prospect coming out of high school. He's had a pretty solid year so far. I mean, he's played six games, uh, 64% completion rate, uh, just over 2,500 passing yards with 21 passing touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, there's only – so he's actually ranked fifth technically, but there's uh, kind of sixth if you want to call it that. But there's only five guys ahead of him in the nation for passing touchdowns, and they have 22. So it's not like he's super far behind them. So he's definitely keeping pace on those passing touchdowns, and he's ranked third in the country in passing yards. So he's definitely getting it done. I've got his breakdown um, of games, and I'll, I'll touch base on a couple of them in a little bit. But he gets it done on the ground, which I think is great. 49 rush attempts, 116 yards, one touchdown, right? So it's not blowing you away. But when you look at quarterbacks' rushing stats, 
that's pretty respectable in my opinion. Going through the six games, it's not a full season. He'll he'll probably get close to let's call it 200 yards on the end of the year, a couple touchdowns. So I definitely loved seeing that. Look at his stats last year. Um, still pretty phenomenal. Uh, just to kind of compare, he had 3,600 passing yards, just over that, 29 touchdowns and seven interceptions. So I think he's going to surpass all those numbers. Um, and they played 13 games last year. So I think he's going to get very, very close. Probably, like I said, surpass that that mark there. So he's looking good. One thing I really loved, we always look at it for quarterbacks, red zone, right? We, we, we want to see kind of what they do inside the red zone. His percentage isn't great. But again, I'm not knocking him for that because I'd rather him throw the ball away than throw an interception, which he has zero of. No interceptions, 11 passing touchdowns, um, only 166 yards. But again, you're, you're, you're 20 yards you know, on, on the field. It's not like you're going to be racking up the yards too, too much. So definitely love seeing that. And he's got his one rushing touchdown inside the red zone. So looking at some of his breakdowns of the games, I'll just touch base on a couple of them. Um, then I got a couple notes on him. But when you look at it, I mean, his worst game of the season um, was 19 for 33, 328 yards. And two touchdowns. That was stats, uh, passing yards-wise. You look at another one against Tulsa, 28 for 51, 330, one touchdown, one interception. So maybe you could say that was his worst game. But then you look at what he did against Memphis, man. 71.4 completion rate, 601 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions, 12 rush attempts, 49 yards, and a touchdown. Like, He's just a playmaker, to be honest with you. And he trusts his receivers. That's one thing I've got in my notes. He trusts his receivers. There's certain throws that he had where I'm just kind of like, man, don't do oh, okay, okay. You trust your guy. And that's what it is. If you don't trust your receivers, you don't make those some of those throws that he was making. But he's decisive with his throws. And that's what I really like to see. When he knew when he saw what he wanted, he went. It wasn't like a, oh, maybe, maybe, and then he went. It was he was going. Good arm strength. He's not afraid to throw the ball deep down the field, which I think is awesome. A lot of times you'll see those guys that are a little bit more hesitant or the coaching staff doesn't give them the green light to do it as often. If you watch his film, he's he's doing it. And I think that's just part of the offensive scheme, which fits him and it shows what he's able to do. So uh, I just, you know, I, I don't think he's being talked up enough. I know there are people out there who are fans of him and have talked about him. But it, it's just there, there's other guys that obviously have shined a little bit brighter, um, you know, not on a bigger stage, I'll say. It's on a bigger stage, so he's not getting that much. But when you look at where he's ranked, I mean, he's pretty much top five outside of the completion percent. He's actually 49th, but 64 percent. That's not a bad number. Right. But he's top five in attempts, completions, passing yards and passing, passing touchdowns. So he's up there in the nation. He's definitely getting it done. So Dylan Gabriel, definitely a guy to to watch. Look at the name. Um, still got another year. He's only a sophomore, so he's he's got some time to even get better. So he's a guy that I think is being overlooked. For me, I'm going to talk about Mac Jones. Um, this is one guy that I've seen fluctuate up and down rankings. I've seen him the 5 to 10 range. I've seen him below that. Um, he's one guy that I said going into the season, when you and I first talked about the season, I was like, there's no guy in college football that has more pressure on him than Mac Jones because he's got Bryce Young breathing down his neck. And the only time we've seen Bryce Young this year is in, in cleanup time, which is funny because when you look at some of these guys' stats, we always make fun of some of these uh, Alabama or Clemson players because they have no fourth quarter stats like ever. Mm -hmm. um, Mac Jones is the same way. He's only got 10 pass attempts in the fourth quarter this year out of his 177, and three of them were for touchdowns. So that's it's it's funny to see. There's a lot of things to be impressed about with Mac Jones. 
his 78.5% uh, completion percentage, um, which is even higher than Joe Burrow's was last year. And Joe Burrow was light out last year. You know what I mean? And there's been a couple of games where he's had over – He had in one game against uh, Mississippi, against Ole Miss, he had 87.5% completion percentage. A game against Tennessee, he had uh, 80.6. He's had four touchdowns in three games. He's had over 400 yards in three games. He had 387. Um I'm consistently impressed. We talk about the guys around him because we did the same thing with Tua. If you know, we we said consistently he had Judy, he had Rugs, he had Waddle. I mean, he does have Smith. He does have you know he had Waddle until Waddle got hurt. But even the first game after Waddle was out, I was con- I was interested to see what he would do. I know Devontae Smith, who is one of the best receivers in this class. I know he would be able to step up and kind of take over that role Waddle had kind of taken from Smith. But it was still impressive to see him go out there and light up Mississippi State. Yes, it's Mississippi State. But the thing that we consistently talk about is be good against the guys that are terrible. There's a lot of interesting stats whenever you kind of break down. The thing that I do have a little bit of concern with is is on third and, and third and short, his completion percentage goes all the way from um, – or, or sorry, third down. It goes from 86% on second down. He has 80, first off, 86% completion percentage mm-hmm. on second down. It blew my mind. He's 43 of 50, which is absurd. But his completion percentage goes all the way down to 67% on third down. That's not, that was one thing that I was a little bit of alarming when I was looking at it. Third and third, third and third, three, three through seven, it goes down to 58. Now, I will say this that he only has 31 attempts on third down. Okay, if you break that down, first down, he's thrown the ball 96 times, which has 78% completion percentage. Second down, he's thrown at 50, and as it goes down, they don't have a lot of third down scenarios in Alabama. It's really like first and 10, and then they score is basically what you're looking at. Um, But he's looked very good on the football field. His deep ball has been what I've been most impressed with because you can get these guys – like if you look a lot of – I think comparisons to Tua, Tua had a lot of passes where he threw it to Ruggs for two, three yards, and then rugs went 75. A lot of what we've seen of Mac Jones is his air yardage has been phenomenal. He's getting the ball down the football field in ways that, I mean, me, myself, I, as a quarterback guy, I love watching Mac Jones throw the football because he's thrown the ball deep down the football field. I wish there was – I know they have it in the NFL, but on, on the uh, – on the uh, – on the college side, I wish there was more able to break down like air yard stats and stuff like that. I'm sure there's somewhere there is, but I would love to see what his air yardage is through the air on certain uh, games because I think it's really high. And I would love to see the comparison to Tua. I'm not saying he's better than Tua, but I think that he has looked better than Tua did last year with some of these same weapons. And, and again, that's not a comparison. Calm down because he's not a dual threat. Neither Tua wasn't really a dual threat either, but Tua can make a play on his feet. On his feet. Um, Mac Jones looks like Dan Marino in the pocket most of the time. <laughs> I mean, he's elusive. He's, he's He's got a good pocket presence to him, but he's not going to run for 10, 15 yards. I mean, I was looking at it. Obviously, the one thing that I, I've, I've always been confused about is their rushing yards, but he's got 18 attempts for negative nine yards this year. So that's one thing to it's it is what it is. He's he's a pocket passer, and that's he is that. You know, he is six three two fourteen. Um, he's got a good size to him. I, I'm not. I mean, I'm not mad about that. You know what I mean? Especially as a guy that likes his you know bigger quarterbacks, um, as Stoops likes to point out over and over again here on the show. But um, 
I do like what I see. I have Mac Jones all the way up as my QB four now. Um, I've kind of fluctuated even at, since the quarterback show that we did do. I listened back and I was looking at some of them. I have him behind uh, Lawrence Fields and Trask. Um, I had him basically. I think I had him six or seventh, and then I I've moved him up to four now ahead of Lance, which I just he has proven to me. Mac Jones has in the SEC, which all their plans is SEC games and. Some of these teams have been brutal this year. I mean, if you look at some of the games, he had, his best game obviously was against AM. and um, you know, the hardest. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, George is the other one. His two interceptions came in both of those games. Those are the hardest games. I mean, if you look at it, I think um, George is ranked, I don't know, eighth or 10th or whatever it is. And then, of course, AM is fifth. So he had, he had a total of 852 yards. He had 75% completion percentage, eight touchdowns and two picks in those two games. And those are his hardest games of the week, right? Are the year so far. So what we've seen out of him, I think a big key in what his draft stock is going to look like will come out of the playoff, right? What he does against, I mean, I don't, I don't even know because Clemson's, I think, out of the equation now, but uh, or they're not, they might not be out of the equation. I think it depends on what Notre Dame does and some of these other schools do. But with Trevor Lawrence out, it's kind of hurt Clemson as a collective whole. And folks, I'm telling you, if if Trevor Lawrence plays against Notre Dame, Trevor Lawrence wins by fifty. Yeah. But I mean, I'm tired of seeing that narrative as well. But for me, I think what he does, if he wins the national championship and he does it in the same convincing style that he has built up over the season, I think Mac Jones is going to be a top four quarterback taken off. And I think that it's going to be crazy to think about because six months ago, Mac Jones wouldn't even have been in our top 10, maybe top 15, because I personally felt like Mac Jones was going to lose this job around week two or three and Bryce Young was going to come in and he's completely proven everybody wrong. And he looked good in filling, filling in for Tua last year in, in certain, uh, certain spots. So, but we didn't, I didn't expect this. I, I, that's for sure. Well, do you remember, do you remember what I, what I said about Mac Jones? No, I said I he was going to lose his job by the first half. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. The first game. Here well, we are. I, Here I remember, we are. I said he was going to struggle the first game. And then the second half or the first half against Texas A&M, because I would think that was the week two matchup. I said that he was going to struggle and then Bryce Young was going to come in and take the job. And then just the rest was going to be history. And maybe then, that's what I said. I don't I knew it was an early on because they yeah. played, I think, an easy. T- so I think maybe that's what it was. But nonetheless, yeah. nonetheless, I was one that basically said Bryce Young's going to take over. Yeah. Well, he must have been listening because yeah. <laughs> Mac yeah. Jones is still the quarterback and he's doing very well. He's doing fantastic. So. <laughs> I was right. Who is your running back? So my running back is a guy that I I really like him. I really like him. Um, College production um, has been there again. He's a sophomore, but uh, sincere McCormick running back out of UTSA. I know I've talked him up before. Um, He's a, he's a local guy here in San Antonio. We went to to Judson high school. So I got to watch him a little bit when he was there, but now he's at UTSA. Um, Had a good amount of offers. He could have gone elsewhere, but um, decided to stay home, which is, you know, not a bad, bad thing there. 5'9", 200 pounds, again, three-star prospect. He was the 102nd ranked running back coming out of um, his class, coming out of high school. So he definitely was not a highly, highly ranked guy. But when you look at his stats this year, he's dominating, man. He's dominating. You look at it, 171 rush attempts on the season. That's number one in the nation. 921 rushing yards, number two in the nation behind Brees Hall. Not a bad guy to be behind, right? Um, And McCormick was actually number one in the nation for a little while, but Number two in rushing attempts. He's got seven rushing. Att- uh, I'm sorry, seven rushing touchdowns 
on the season, 5.4 yards per carry. He does get it done through the air. He's not going to, he's not necessarily one that is, is, you know, upwards of 40, 50 receptions type thing, but 15 receptions for 109 yards. Again, he's not asked to do it a whole lot. So it's not really part of the offensive scheme, but man, when he does catch them, he looks fluid with it, makes it look easy. He's able to, to make people miss. Um, he does have two fumbles on this season, but the good thing is none of them were lost. That's one thing I want to try and get better. Cause I always say that someone has X amount of fumbles. Well, I don't know if they lost them or not, but so I got to start figuring that well, out. Whenever you have the smaller amount of fumbles, you can actually like kind of go to the game yeah. of which the fumble and see it. So it's a little bit easier, but so two fumbles, none were lost. So that's good. But Still, you you want to see it at zero zero, um, obviously, but we'll take it. Um, then you look at you know previous season, he he's gonna surpass everything he did this year. When you look at last year, 177 rush attempts, 983 rushing yards as a freshman, um, with eight rushing touchdowns last year. So he's gonna surpass those numbers this year, probably this next game, honestly. Um, which was supposed to be today, I think, and I think it got postponed, or I don't know. It's one of those games, right? But um, so anyway. He um he's just been looking good, man. He's looking good. When you look at his breakdown of of some of his games, I mean, against Louisiana Tech, thirty seven rush attempts, one hundred and sixty five yards, and three touchdowns. Like that's that's phenomenal. Against Army, eighteen rush attempts, one hundred and thirty three um, rushing yards, no touchdowns, but uh, seven point four yards per carry. Um, when you look at UAB, twenty two rush attempts, one hundred and fifty yards for a touchdown, and then Texas State, man, Texas State. 29 rush attempts, so they definitely fed him. 197 rushing yards for a touchdown. He's just getting it done, right? You, you get him the ball, he's getting it done. He is not a burner, right? He is not going to outrun you for 80 yards. He's going to get through the hole, he's going to make you miss, and he'll probably get you 30 to 50 yards on certain runs, but he will get caught. He He's fast, but he's not breakaway fast, you know? So, it's just one of those where you know what he can do and you you get him the ball in those instances and let him just do what he can do. He's going to get you four to eight yards of carry generally. So it, it helps move the chains, right? So like I said, um, when I was watching some of the film, he was <laughs> he was gone, right? I'm like, man, he's going to score and he got caught, you know? So he's not, that's just it. He's not, he's not a fast, fast guy, but he's going to get done what he needs to get done. But definitely watch the film on him. He's a guy that, honestly, I don't think really anybody's talking about. Um, and again, going to UTSA, it's not a powerhouse program. They're not going to be doing anything you know, nationally. Obviously, I see a lot more of the games on TV because I'm in San Antonio, right? So, of course, it, it's easier for me to come across the games one way or another. But he's just a guy I think you should watch some of the games. Just watch him play. You're going to kind of see those little things that he gets done that turn into big things. So I think he can find a role at the next level. He's he's 5'9". When you look at the running backs, I mean, 5'9", 5'11", like that's that's kind of a, a good little range there. They don't need to be 6'2", 6'3", obviously. We've, we've seen some that are monsters at that size, Henry. Um, but um, 200 pounds, like – He's 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 a bowling ball, right? You know, and I think even if he if he gets that opportunity at the next level, which I think he's proving that he can find a role, will he be a high draft pick? No, no. He'll probably be sixth, seventh round, potentially undrafted, find his way through practice squads, so on and so forth, right? I think he might be one of those guys, but he could be one of those like a Philip Lindsay, you know, who's undrafted, was able to make his way through and and find a role somewhere. I think that's kind of what he can do. But two hundred pounds, he'll probably put on another. 10 pounds when he gets to the next level and it's just going to make him more physical um, than he already is. So 
I think there's a lot of room for improvement, but I think he's someone that's just not talked up enough. Um, definitely start watching some film again. He's got a whole nother year to go through, hopefully with a more regular off season, um, more, more regular season games aren't getting postponed next year. So, um, we'll see how that goes, but definitely got another season under his belt that, that we get to watch him. So excited to see it, but sincere McCormick running back out of UTSA. So for me, I was looking at the running backs. So I started, um, I kind of honed in a little bit. I did the opposite of what you did. I kind of honed in on this draft class a little bit. See where I had guys, see where everybody else had guys. This guy that I'm talking about, we are a lot higher on right now, which kind of blew my mind. I went to CBS. I went to Fox. I went to uh, NFL Draft Network. I, I went to all these places to see where this guy was ranked. On one place, I saw him the 24th ranked running back. I saw this guy not in the top 15 of CBS, and I've looked all over the place, and that's Javion Hawkins, okay? We've talked about him on this show several times, and obviously out the gate, he was very impressive. But when I started doing more, more and more research, I'm like, this guy is not even ranked in a lot of these sites. And a lot of this stuff was updated very recently, very, very, very recently. And I, I don't understand it. This guy is... A lot of people are going to say it's his size, right? 5'9", 185. But like, look at the backs in football right now. Not everybody is Najee Harris. Not everybody is, you know, um, Derrick Henry. And that's okay. You know what I mean? Like, we just – those are the type of things that we look at and stop comparing these smaller backs can't do anything. You know what I mean? Put them on the football field. Like you had uh, Nakeem Himes. He, he just had a huge game Thursday night. You know what I mean? And Himes is not that big of a guy because you have Jonathan – who hasn't really been consistent, which if, if I'm in a dynasty league with you and you want to sell Jonathan Taylor, I'll take him on the cheap. You know what I mean? Like he's going to be that guy. You know what I mean? But, and if you can get Jonathan Taylor on the cheap, that's a, another guy that you could uh, definitely, definitely uh, probably get right now. Not cheap. I wouldn't say super cheap, but you know, I've seen him getting traded for like second round 2021 picks and some kind of, you know, backwards guys, but Hawkins five, nine, 185 is a three-star prospect and his Freshman season, 264, 1,525 yards, nine touchdowns. Um, huge monster of a first year. But one thing that I did not like was obviously the four catches for 58 yards. We like three down backs on the show. So his big improvement this year through seven games after 13 last year, 16 receptions, 127, and a touchdown. So he's already got um, four times as many catches and you know six less games. So that to me is something that's that's big to look at. He's got 822 yards on the ground, seven touchdowns. Um, that's another one that I you know obviously he's really good. He's got three touchdowns of over 21 yards, six over 14 yards. He's got 81 rushing first downs, um, which is huge um, considering that he has 133 carries. Um, that to me is is monster stats. Um, he has 69 first downs on first and 10 alone. So hand the man the rock on first down, and, and he's he's going to have a first down. So, again, the passing thing is something that I think that is really approved upon. He's good in space. He's lined up several different places all over the football field. I do think that he is one of the guys, in my opinion right now, that is going to benefit, and I forgot to bring this up at the top of the show, is going to benefit from Journey Brown no longer playing football, which is super – yeah. sad to hear, right? You know, Journey Brown was going to be a game-changing back. He was going to be a top-five back off of this class. I mean, and and he just had to retire from football, which is just heartbreaking to even think about. 
But I think Hawkins, there's a lot of guys that are going to benefit from Brown not being on this draft class. I mean, Brown was that guy outside of ETN and Harris. You know what I mean? It was like Gainwell and then Journey Brown and stuff like that. Those guys were kind of that next batch under those guys. And then, of course, Chuba. That's another guy. People are just mm-hmm. really starting to sour on his Chuba. Like everybody's starting to – he's one guy that he should have probably came out last year. Well, I, I think I think a lot of people, and maybe I'm guilty of it too, I think a lot of people with Hubbard were expecting him to come out and just go 150 yards, 150 mm-hmm. yards, 300 yards, 200 yards, yeah. and it's just not happening. I think that's probably the reason because the team's, the team's good. You know, we talked about that too. When a team's not good – Guys don't get generally talked about. Well, Oklahoma State's been 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 winning, but yeah. I think it's just more so he's not coming out 150, 200 yards, 200 yards. He's not doing it at that level. So I don't know. Maybe that's why. Yeah, and a couple of games of importance that came out really impressive for me for Hawkins. Um, he really destroyed Miami, 27-164, average six yards a carry. Um, that was an important game for me because they have a fantastic run defense. Um, They've been very, very good against the run, and he came out and did his thing, which was impressive enough. Notre Dame, that game he did struggle. He did have the 15 carries for 51 yards, but he made it up through the air, which was amazing because when you have a running back that is struggling on the ground, you want him to make up his stats, obviously, through the air, and that's exactly what he did, especially on the fantasy side of things. So he had five catches for 46 yards. So technically, in a hypothetical world of fantasy football, you would have gotten, you know, your you know, 14, 15 points out of him, which is impressive. Another thing that was impressive, the Florida State game, he had 16 carries for 174 yards. He averaged 10 yards a carry, and then he had the three touchdowns. He had a 70-yard touchdown run, which was absolutely phenomenal. The dude is a burner, and I loved watching him go down the football field because, look, Florida State hasn't been good this year. (laughs) Not at all, really. But the 70-yard touchdown was impressive because he has that game-breaking speed. He's a, you know, he's a change of pace back that I think is going to be fantastic on the next level. Hawkins has risen all the way up to my RB3. Um, I do put I did put him in front of Chuba, speaking of the, the Chuba hate. But um, he has slid into that third slot. And I think that he's going to be a great guy in the next level. I, I think that you can get if you can get Hawkins at the price that everybody else is valuing him at right now, now's the time to go ahead and get Hawkins because I don't think that value is going to be much cheaper once people start to realize how good Hawkins really is. So, um, yeah, Hawkins, he's my guy. I like, your you do, my you wife, like I like Hawkins. Um, whenever, yeah. whenever you asked me to, um, whenever we updated our rankings, um, all that stuff for the running backs, you were like, who do you want in for, for Brown? And in my head, I didn't think I had ranked Hawkins. I like him, yeah. but I didn't think I, so I was like Hawkins, no question. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wait, I did already rank him, so we're good. So anyway, no, I, I definitely like Hawkins. But the receiver I'm going to talk about, he's actually the guy that I'm most excited about. Again, it's kind of seemed to be the trend for the, the, the guys I chose. He's not a very big guy. Jalen Darden, wide receiver out of North Texas, he's 5'9", 174. So he's definitely not a huge guy. Um, three-star prospect coming out of high school, another trend. All my guys have been three stars today. He was the 237th ranked wide receiver coming out of high school. So he definitely was not a highly recruited guy. But ever since stepping on the field at North Texas, he's been getting it done. He, he's been making plays. Obviously, as the years have gone on, the numbers have gotten better and better and better. But when you look at his stats this year through five games, 46 receptions, 689 receiving yards, and 10 receiving touchdowns. That's number one in the nation. 10 receiving touchdowns. His dominator rating is 56.1%. 
he's 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 the offense. Let's just say that, right? He's he's the guy that everything goes through, even being the 5'9, 174. But man, when I was watching his film, he's fast. He's very, very fast. I was just looking it up while you were talking about Hawkins, and I was curious if I could find it. Um, unofficial, obviously, it's it's not a um combine 40 time, but whenever they had timed him, 438, 43840. That's fast. So Gotta love seeing that. That's going to get him on the field. You know the NFL's trend, right? So even if we, you know, Henry Ruggs was a guy most recent, right? We weren't necessarily as high on him, but we knew he was going to go high because he's fast. We knew it, right? So it's one of those where NFL teams look at that. They love speed. So I think this will help him. The 5'9 range height, that may not help him as much. But 4'3", 840, if he goes to the combine and he makes that happen – it's going to start to 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 put some some eyes on him more more so at that time, um, but when you look at his numbers, I already said those forty six receptions, six eighty nine. So basically, what you're saying he's going to be drafted by the Raiders, probably, unfortunately, <laughs> and then it's going to go stock way way down. Um, but no, ten receiving touchdowns, um, one hundred thirty seven point eight yards per game. He's 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 just getting the ball right. When you look at his breakdown for the stats, I'm sorry for the games this year through the the twenty twenty season. Against Houston Baptist, five receptions, 71 yards, three touchdowns. Three of his five receptions were touchdowns. SMU, five receptions, 66 yards, two touchdowns. Southern Mississippi, 13 receptions, 104 yards, one touchdown. Charlotte, 13 receptions, 244 receiving yards, three touchdowns. Middle Tennessee State, 10 receptions, 204 receiving yards, and a touchdown. Now, yes, I understand. You look at those five opponents, SMU's the only one that's really relevant in any way. I get that. But as as you said earlier on the podcast, and we said weeks and years prior, do what you need to do or do what you're supposed to do against the lesser opponents. Now, again, North Texas is not a powerhouse program, right? So it's not like they're out there winning every single game. They've actually probably lost most of these games, even with the numbers like that. But it's they. no offense, North Texas, but you just don't have – many other offensive talents to really continue to dominate. But this man's just getting it done, right? He 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 got he can do it on the short routes, the medium routes, the deep routes. One thing I really noticed, he was making contested catches, whether guys were were, were truly guarding him um or not, but he was just making all the catches. And there's so many plays where it was a deep, you could you could tell a quarterback's throwing a deep and it was going to to Jalen. There's nobody within 10 or 15 yards of him. He's just somehow, and of course, he's off camera. It's not honed in on him at that moment. I don't know if he made a miss. I don't know if he just burned past him or both. I don't know. But there was one play, and it was actually funny. The quarterback ran it in for a touchdown. The announcers, the commentators kept saying, oh, Jalen Darden with the the block, you know, to, to send the quarterback in. No, he just juked the guy, and the guy fell. He didn't block him at all. He just literally juked, and the guy fell, broke his ankles. So it's just it's just crazy to watch him. But when you look at his red zone production, eight targets, seven receptions, nothing too, too crazy, five receiving touchdowns for 65 yards. So it's like five of his seven catches have gone for a touchdown inside the red zone. He's just getting it done, man. When you look at the, the touches by yards, 12 plays have gone for 21-plus yards. And 36.2% of his his catches have gone for 14 or more. So, I mean, he's getting it done deep down the field. He's getting it done inside the red zone and the short yardages. I just think he's going to find his way onto the field, right? He's already done it, obviously, and his numbers have just been drastically improving every single year. Last year, he had 76 receptions, 736 receiving yards for 12 touchdowns. I think he's going to surpass those numbers by a lot. 
Um, he's just if he continues on the pace that he's going, I know North Texas game today got canceled or postponed. I don't, there's a difference between them, right? Cause the postponed could potentially be replayed. The canceled is canceled, but, um, I know he's not playing, playing. So we're definitely going to miss that game. Unfortunately, I was excited to watch him, but man, watch his film. Just go, just go watch what, what he's done. And then, you know, pre, uh, future games, definitely, definitely watch those, but the speed is going to get him on the field to the next level. I, I think he's going to find a role on a team. Um, may take a little bit longer to get there again, the five, nine, one seventy four. he's going to have to put on, I think at worst, he's going to have to get to at least one eighty five, one ninety. Now, will that hinder his, his true speed? I hope not. Um, trainers these days can, can get you up to 185 and still keep your speed. Like it's insane. So, um, man, he's just a guy to watch, right? Yeah. He was not highly recruited, um, coming out of high school, wasn't highly, but he's a guy to really keep an eye on. And and I know he's not being talked about. I I don't know many people. I do know one, I I was in a campus to Canton and I drafted him and the guy that was picking right after me was just like, he, he got mad basically that I took him. He was like, Oh, you sniped me. Like I was taking him. So, Few people out there have heard the name, know the name, and pay attention. But um, yeah, Jalen Darden, wide receiver out of North Texas. I see a lot of Texas bias for this episode here. I'm I'm gonna call you out for it here. I had a I had a Florida guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, for me, um, Terrace Marshall Jr. I think another one. I just there's no respect being put on this kid's name. Um, by anybody. I, I don't understand it. Obviously, coming off a year where we had Joe Burrow throwing 8 billion touchdown passes, you had Jeff, Justin Jefferson, you had Jameer Chase, and then Jameer Chase opted out. Um, this has been a terrible, terrible season for LSU, but we talked about that early on. They lost a lot of their starters. Joe Burrow's gone. Joe Brady's gone. Everybody's gone. The one bright spot on this entire team has been Marshall. This kid has been a monster. Last season, he had really good, you know, he had good stats. He was basically your third, fourth receiver. And technically, he's like the fourth or fifth option because you actually had Clyde Edwards Hilaire as well. But last year, 46 catches, 671 yards, and, uh, you know, 13 touchdowns. He averaged, you know, 14.6 yards per uh, per catch. This year, he's already almost eclipsed that in five games 31 catches, 540 yards, 17.4 yards per per catch, which he's up almost three yards per catch, which is obviously a huge difference. And he's already got the nine touchdowns. Um, if you look by his game by game log, it's, it's, it's very hit and miss. Um, th- these games are just been struggling. He did struggle against Auburn, which was a little bit alarming, but Auburn does have some pretty good shutdown corners. He only had four for 28 in that game. The big game came against Missouri, 11, 235 and three touchdowns in that game. Um, he had the fourth most receiving yards in a game by LSU receiver. The three touchdowns were absolutely absurd. And then, of course, my favorite stat of stat line of his is the game against Vanderbilt, which I don't think he played much after his two touchdowns. But he had two catches, 67 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, two catches, two touchdowns. You can't really complain about that at all. Um, looking at his stats, red zone. Um, at 6'3", he's got a pretty good size. I love his big body. Um, in the red zone, it's 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 these guys with the bigger bodies are going to get the better targets in the red zone. Ten catches, seven touchdowns. It was kind of a talking about like the guy you just mentioned as well. That's a great conversion rate. You know what I mean? You know, seventy percent of uh, the catches. The one thing I like about Marshall compared to some of these other receivers in this class is he can do it all over the football field, right? So he does have two touchdowns of two yards and six yards, which I do love. That you know what I mean? Just kind of shows. And then he actually has one of seven yards as well, but. 
if you look at it bigger too, he's got two 51-yard touchdowns. He's got a 33, a 37, and of course he has a 75-yard touchdown catch as well. I do say that um, Brennan has looked pretty decently um, getting him the ball, but I would say a lot of what Marshall's done is – is on Marshall, right? You know what I mean? He's making the plays. He's having to do the extra yardage. And, and that to me is important when you're watching somebody like this, because again, what we talked about earlier, if you're watching a good player on a bad team, it's very easy to lose sight of him. And I think that's kind of what's happening in Marshall in this class. And if you think about it, he's not as good as Chase, right? You know what I mean? That's going to be in the, the foreshot on the back of his mind because he's competing with a guy like Chase and some of these other guys in this class, you know, Bateman and, uh, some of the other guys in this class. So he's got an uphill battle with guys that have a track record uh, ahead of him. So for me, Marshall is somebody that I think is is going to fit in. He's like Jefferson, right? Jefferson was talked about. We talked about him a lot on the show, but he wasn't mentioned as one of the guys that was just going to be the guy on the next level, right? And that to me was was interesting because he was very good. Now, he was still taking the first round. Don't get me wrong, but when everybody thought about it, it was Lamb, it was Judy, it was Ruggs, it's these other guys. And then Jefferson has come out bald in Minnesota, right? You know what I mean? So it, it, nobody kind of expected that many receivers to kind of go in the first round. You had IU go as well. But Jefferson's really been one that has proven to people like, hey, this guy should have probably went up there with Lamb and Judy. You know, and I think that uh, Marshall's going to be that guy. So I don't think he's going to be a first rounder. I think he'll probably be a second or third rounder, but I think he's going to have a Justin Jefferson type of impact on whatever team that he plays for. Um, again, I think, again, his biggest issue is the lack of paying attention to LSU this year. If he would have done this last year with Burrow and he would have been the number one guy, obviously his stats would be astronomically higher probably by now through five games. But we would definitely be talking about a guy that everybody else would be mentioning as one of the best receivers in this class. Um, a couple stats that I liked of him, on first and 10, he's averaging 24 yards per catch, um, 12 catches, 296, which blows my mind. Consistency is key. But again, the quarterback play in LSU is terrible. It's terrible right now and I don't think it's going to get better so he's doing what he has to do and uh, when he has the ball and um, Marshall's one guy that I think that's going to start making some moves when we get closer to the combine when we get closer to pro days he's just a physical specimen and I think that he's going to be yeah maybe he's a top you know seven receiver off the board top seven but for me right now I think I've got him slotted I think it's six or five one of those two I meant to write it down I wrote everybody else's down but Marshall big body big playmaker uh, uh big time fan of his same all <laughs> right <laughs> there's not it's it's crazy because there's a lot of talent in this um there's a lot of talent in this pool we've talked about that you know what I mean this receiving core is is insane the running backs I, I don't know i mean this running back class is super super deep you know what i mean i was looking over our rankings that we're going to publish on um the music city drive-in but i was looking at some of our rankings together we have a lot of the same guys and a lot of you know just maybe a play or two off but looking at chase and bateman and waddle and Moore and marshall amon and state brown like the talent level between those guys Devonte smith i think that his his He's got a chance to really raise his stock because Waddle's out now. You know what I mean? You know, Waddle's injury is going to probably hinder his stock a little bit. But and then, of course, now with the running back position kind of being wide open, Journey Brown, I think, really does open up that 
that next batch of running backs. We've talked about how E.T. and Harris and Chuba are those next set of guys or the first set. And it's kind of after that, you know, you do have Gainwell, but, you know, Gainwell hasn't, you know, really, you know, you don't haven't seen a whole lot out of him. And but there's a couple of guys that I like from that bottom tier, like Jameer Jefferson, I think C.J. Verdell. It's nice seeing these packed uh, Pac-12 play, uh, players play again because it's going to be important for their stock settings. Zamir White is another guy that I, yeah. I almost talked about White because White is one I think that the injuries are a concern, but I think that he's going to skyrocket up boards as well because he's just this mean running back. Well, and I think, you know, so we always say we have our rankings and we, we do all that. And then it's like, well, if this, whenever, like say they, we assume they all declare. I think this year we see more of them declare than what we probably would yep. because of, we don't know. I mean, we know there's going to be a college football season next year. Like we know that's going to happen, but given yeah. what everyone had to go through this year, yeah, it's kind of like, well, I just want to get to the next level as quick as possible to at least get paid. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing is like, at least if, if games for whatever reason are being rescheduled or, I mean, I, I understand they have to play the game in order to get a game check. I get that, but they still at least get some form of like a signing bonus. Like they're getting paid right now. It's just kind of like, Oh cool. I get to sit in my dorm room and study, which is great. Yeah. Study, get your degree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, exactly. but it's just, you know, you know, they've got football on their mind 24 seven, but no, in years prior where it's like, man, ETN, he's going to be the guy this year. Oh, I'm going back to school. Like, Oh, cool. I still I don't can't think that. Happen. I, yeah, I still, yeah. Like we, I meant to bring that up at the top of the uh, top of the show was like, there's I, with Clemson, their season's not over now, but it's kind of over. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm not saying that they have a strong chance of, uh, of competing for a national championship because I don't know if they do. They're still ranked in that top tier. And as long as Notre Dame doesn't lose, that loss to Notre Dame looks good on paper, right? Yes. You know what I mean? But if Notre Dame goes out here and loses to, you know, whatever, you know, whoever, then that loss to Notre Dame is not going to look good. And they're, they're not going to care Lawrence wasn't playing or was playing. You know what I mean? They don't give – they don't care about any of well, that. But And it's and it's one of those where, like – and this is – of course, I've got A&M on the mind. So they're ranked fifth. Like, let's even just say that A&M's fifth at the time, Clemson's sixth. Yep. Let's say that Alabama's ranked – well, one, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say Alabama wins the SEC, so they yeah. stay one. Notre Dame's one out. They're two. Let's just say it'd be what, Florida? Let's say they're four, right? Let's just say they jump at A&M, whatever. If they lose, I think Clemson would jump A&M because their loss to Notre Dame was a closer loss. Yeah. And A&M got blown out by Alabama. Yep. Would I love to see A&M jump into four? Per absolutely. I just – I think – if, if Clemson wins out dominating fashion, they win everything right now, they could win the ACC championship game and then that's going to boost them up. There's a bunch that happens. Right. But let's just say whatever. I think Clemson would jump the fifth ranked team if they were six because they're close lost to Notre Dame. But and I think they would. And I, I do think that the star factor plays into that as well. Yeah. I mean, if you have Alabama, then you have also have the redemption game for Lawrence to come back and win the game against potentially Notre Dame mm -hmm. if Notre Dame goes undefeated. Um, the big thing for like a team like Florida, the problem is, is I don't think they can make it in unless they win the national or win the SEC. Oh, but yeah, I agree. have the one loss. So that second loss will kind of take them out of contention. I mean, you have some of these other schools like Cincinnati, BYU, Miami, you know, some of these other schools that are kind of just lingering around. But mm -hmm. to me, it's kind of like that, that core, you know, I think Ohio state's a shoe in, you know what I mean? They're, yeah. just, they're not playing anybody where the nickel Michigan looks like, dog shit but, you know outside of that it's been 
I think it's an Alabama. Alabama's a lock. You know, I yeah. think even if Alabama loses to Florida in the SEC title game, there's still going to be a lock because, again, that would put two SEC teams in there, and obviously that would boot AM out unless there's a you know unfortunate circumstances, which that would be fantastic if Florida does beat Alabama because Kyle Trask is the goat. But mm. yeah, so it's it, there's a lot of things playing out the way they are going to, and it's going to be interesting to see some of these guys are going to stocks going to rise because of that playoff. Um, we've seen it happen before. We've seen it happen with Joe Burrow last year. And uh, same thing can be for Trask. You know what I mean? If Trask goes he goes out there and beats um, Alabama in the SEC title game, you know, Kyle Trask is going to be somebody that's going to – well, he's already going to be the third quarterback off the board. We've been talking about that forever. Mm-hmm. But make sure to do us a favor. Give Stoops a follow on Twitter at Stoops1990. Give myself a follow at Ricky Blair underscore. We appreciate you checking out the show each and every week. Um, make sure to follow the Debbie Delight on Twitter at the Debbie Delight. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. See y'all later. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.